I've never been in the lead before. You can't see me, but I'm doing the robot. (laughs) Signature move. Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. Round Robin Day again. I'm excited. This is my chance. I have the Rocky music playing on the other side of my earphones right now. I am pumped. The planets are aligned. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is going to be, this is how I'm going to do it. I, I, it's like antibiotics, antibiotic steroids for trivia, but <laughs> for the you know mind. what? There's no, <laughs> there's no rules and regulations around trivia juicing. So I'm going to do it up. <laughs> it's true. Let the players do what they want. I think Brian made a comment last time about us making the questions harder by commenting on how what what we wanted the questions to be and i think this is all Stu, this is also how we get rules against doping and trivia that's also true we need <laughs> to watch that <laughs> oh believe me when i when i come up with all the questions i like to create an even playing field but now that it is a round robin style uh, i am going i'm pulling a page from the rachel handbook of <laughs> making questions that will make all of you squirm so oh, man <laughs> I am I am ready. Uh, well, this is the 14th episode ever, and this is our round robin game where all four of us bring our own round of trivia for the other three to answer. Uh, so if we've not done enough squirming so far, Stu is going to lead right into it with his round. My topic is actually dealing with wiggly things, I guess, in a sense, or squirmy things. <laughs> So my topic is about sea critters. Uh, each question is worth two points. Um, there's no number guessing or anything like that. It's very standard. Uh, if nobody gets the question and I have to give like a more obvious hint, uh, it'll go down to one point um, and just buzz in whenever you feel like you know the answer. SpongeBob. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Stephen Hillenberg to review. Um, question number one. This creature is always born male and then switches. Ryan. Uh, Rachel? Well, all right, we'll go down the list. Ryan was next. I, I retract. You retract. Rachel, do you want to go? A sea cucumber? It's not, no. This creature is always born male and then switches to female depending on the need of the school. If the female is removed from the school, the next largest male becomes the new female. Do we want another hint? Rachel. Correct. Wow. <laughs> no, right. It would be a whole different movie if that was the case because uh You guys should be watching Blue Planet and Planet Earth. It's yep. all in there. It's all in there. Question number two. What is the most poisonous fish in the ocean? Rachel. It's incorrect. It is also a delicacy in Japan. Oh. Pufferfish is correct. Yeah. I three at the top. That's what I was thinking. Did you know it takes four years of training uh, in order to even legally be able to serve it in Japan? Question number three. This is the oldest type of fish in the ocean. It's 360 million years old, and it's found off the coast of Africa mostly. I'm going to be very specific here. It is a fish. 
It is a full-bodied swimming fish. Rachel. Rachel. Oarfish. Uh, it's not an oarfish. I don't know my fish. Uh, people say that it's... This is, <laughs> this is like the classic example of what is a living fossil. Alrighty. So this is actually called a... Uh, I'm going to butcher the name here. Uh, I can never, like, I know the name in my head, but uh, uh, it's a colacanth. Um, it's, if you've ever, like, done fishing in, like, video games or anything, or, like, it's, it's, a, common, it's a common example. Like, if you look in movies, like, if you look at Atlanta, well, like, if you've ever seen, like, Atlantis, um, the Disney movie or whatever, like, it's a common... It's a very common example of like, I don't know, a mysterious old fish or something. Like if you if you Google it, you'll look at it and be like, oh, I've seen that before in some sort of media. Colacus? Colacanth. Uh, C-O-E-L-A-C-A-N-A-T-H. I probably didn't pronounce that right. They are still alive though. I mean they're they're around. Still alive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no points on that round. Uh, question number four. These creatures are also ancient. Uh, they have nine eyes in total that are found throughout their body, and they can sense ultraviolet rays, and their blood is blue. I know I've seen this in planet Earth, I just don't remember. <laughs> so these are also harvested regularly uh, oh, for medical usage. Rachel. Are these um, sea urchins? They're not sea urchins, no. Though they might, sea urchins might have blue blood. Um, but no, these creatures are, they're harvested for their blood uh, in order to detect different levels of bacteria and other uh, materials because their blood has, I think, copper in it, which is what makes it blue. Um, and it uses a different method of delivering like oxygen and such uh, throughout the body. Brian, any guesses? Time I went, no, the last time I went to an aquarium... Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, but I was mostly so enamored by the design of the exhibits that I didn't really pay much attention to what was on the plaques of the fish. I think we should. I, I think basically we should wanted to build Ryan's... a website for the aquarium yeah. and wasn't really thinking much about the details of the fish themselves. I think that I think that should be noted. We were there, and Ryan was like, "This color scheme for a website," <laughs> and like, and "Look at the way these lights are," and look, look at the shapes. It's beautiful. And I was like, look at the jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is the horseshoe crab. Oh, actually, that oh. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, they can, yeah, they can sense ultraviolet rays. And I thought that would be the, the kicker there, that or the blue blood. But yeah, um, yeah, they're, they, like, m during their migration process, uh, they are harvested for their blood and basically, like, bloodlet um, into giant vats and then just, like, oh put back in the ocean. Um, and then they ship off the blood for medical usage. Something about that seems very wrong. It's yeah. It, a lot of them die in the process. It's actually really not okay, but it's, we need their blood. Apparently. Um, I got to look more into the usage of it, but it was interesting. No points for that one. Uh, question number five. Speeding in at about 0 0.01 miles an hour, this is the slowest swimming fish. Uh, another fun fact to give you a little more of a hint is that it is the males that carry the babies. Right. 
It is a seahorse. <laughs> it's it it's more specifically the I think it's the dwarven seahorse, but seahorses in general are pretty freaking slow. Hmm. Question number six and the final question of the round. This beast can grow to be about 18 feet in length and swims at about 3,000 feet below sea level in the Mariana Trench. They have a protruding snout that looks like a sword and massive jaws. Fun fact, they're also pink, but it's very deceiving. Oh, it's the, um, it's the, um, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. I can picture it in my mind. <laughs> I I could actually probably draw you a picture of it. This uh, is actually. The- I would accept a picture for two points. <laughs> oh, Ryan, Ryan, I'm hoping my Donkey Kong Country knowledge goes well. Is it a swordfish? Uh, it's not a swordfish. No. All right. Though I would not be surprised no, if the swordfish not. evolved from this. <laughs> Stu, is this the one that has, like, the weird jaw thing where the, when they kind of reach out? You better believe it. Okay, that's... Okay, this so is, you know that I know what I'm... Yes, this was the inspiration for uh, the Alien movies, actually. This is part of the inspiration for oh, it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know its name. It's not coming, uh, and it's really killing me. Can I guess? Sure. Again? I'm not sure if I'm pulling from the right thing, but is it, like, an angular fish? Uh, it's not, uh, no, it's not an anglerfish. I'm thinking of the ones that have, like, the... Right, yeah, yeah that's the one with the light up top. Okay. Um, though that's the same, that's, like, the same area. They would coexist uh, together. Okay. But, Rachel, anything? I can picture it, I could draw it, I can picture a video of it, and I don't know the name. <laughs> this My is why this question's still going. You answer based on if you've seen a picture of it and can vaguely recount it. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, it is the goblin shark. Oh boy, it is. I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Yeah, that's exactly it. And a pr- so, what's interesting is a pregnant Ooh. one has never been caught. Like they're so uncommon that we like don't know how they reproduce. We don't know why they're pink. Like there's so little that's known about them. Um, but they're definitely terrifying uh, to look at. So that is severe overbite. Yeah, for all you viewers, please Google Goblin Shark uh, to get an there idea of what this is. <laughs> do, do, That's do, what do, I was uh, describing to Stu, so I, if you guys know, I put it in the chat. I definitely, you, you knew what it was. Yes, and no points for but me. But I can't, I can't I give you points, though. If you had even said Goblin something, I would have given it to you. I, that was just the hardest part. Uh, oh, wow. So that, uh, that concludes the round about sea critters. I'm... I felt like that was going to be easier. Uh, so now I know that next time I should be a little easier on some of the questions. All right, Rachel, you're up next. Okay, guys. Well, Ryan makes fun of me all the time for all the movies and all the classic things I haven't seen. So uh, I was thinking about what about those classic, classic sitcoms? So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some details about the show. And your job is to tell me what show it is. It's pretty simple. All right. Cool. Two points for telling me the show. There's only so many details I can give before I tell you the show. So, okay. You guys ready? Sounds good. So, airing for three seasons. Question number one. Airing for three seasons on CBS from 1964 to 1967. 
This series followed the adventures of seven individuals. Stu? Go ahead, Stu. Nash? No. Three Nash was more than that. Starring Bob Denver. These seven castaways are attempting to survive. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, Gilligan's Island. Yes. Like I said, there's only so many details I can give before the show becomes extremely obvious. It's true. It's funny. So there, there weren't a lot of seasons of Gilligan's Island, but at the very end, it recounts with a movie, like an end of series movie where they get off the island. They celebrate to celebrate. They get on a cruise. The cruise wrecks. They wind up right next to their <laughs> old boat on the same island. <laughs> so if you guys feel like I'm not giving a lot of details, realize if I give really any more, it is basically telling you the show. Okay. So, moving back in time a little bit, question number two. This show is an American sitcom that aired on CBS from 1961 to 1966, with a total of 158 episodes over five seasons. And it was centered on the work and home life of a television comedy writer named Rob Petrie. It was created by Carl Reiner. Ooh. 1961. It has won 15 Emmy Awards. And it has several episodes on TV Guide's 100 Greatest Episodes of All Time. You said it was about a... Sorry, what was the writer part about the main character? So the show centered on the work and home life of a comedy writer named Rob Petrie. I know it's not, but is it the Dick Van Dyke show? It is the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, sweet. I am going to go ahead and give you two for that one. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A bunch of other stuff. The word castaway. (laughs) (laughs) This is my game to win. It's okay, Ryan. There are four more questions. You might be able to guess on one of them. Probably not fairly. (laughs) (laughs) Salty Ryan is... (laughs) He has to work for it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question number three. Ryan, you might have a chance at this one. (laughs) This American sitcom was on NBC for 11 seasons. From 1993 to 2004. The program was created and produced by um, David Angel, Peter Casey, and David Lee. And it was a spinoff of Cheers. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, Frasier. Yes. Nice. Two points to you, Ryan. I've seen more Frasiers than I have of Cheers, uh, which is unfortunate, but Frasier also holds up very well. Are you guys ready? Question number four. This sitcom ran on NBC for nine seasons from 1989 to 1998. And it's set predominantly in an apartment building in New York City. Go ahead, Ryan. Is this Seinfeld? This is Seinfeld. Yeah. Nice job, Ryan. You said nine seasons, right? Yes. I think I actually knew that. Which helped. Because it's Ryan, you get one point. 
Now. I'm joking. You do get your two points. But I could. <laughs> okay. So what power you wield the mic? Okay, question number five. This um, sitcom went on CBS from 1972 to 1983, and it was adapted from a 1970 feature film, which was based on a 1968 novel, and it follows a team of doctors and support staff stationed um, in Ryan. South Korea. And I, I will actually, before saying my last question, I'll say I chose these, um, these sitcoms with aside from question number six, I've not seen any of the other five. So it fits with my theme of not seeing the classics. <laughs> Excellent. So, but I have seen number six and I really enjoy number six. So this sitcom, sitcom ran on NBC from 1982 to 1993, a total of 275 episodes for 11 seasons. Um, and it was, it, its theme song is among the most famous. And it is, which is, where everyone knows your name. Right. Where everybody knows your name. Go ahead, Ryan. This is cheers. Hey, go Ryan. Ahead. Those two points are yours. <laughs> I, will, I will go ahead and say that this round goes to show why I am not the host of trivia. So, <laughs> <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> I've never been in the lead before. You can't see me, but I'm doing the robot. <laughs> 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 signature move alright so this is the furthest I've ever been in the lead and I'm assuming I'm going to lose it but like I said this round uh, I'm pulling a little bit of a page out of Rachel's book she is notorious for uh, some very difficult questions <laughs> um, I don't know how difficult these are but you know we just had the Super Bowl March Madness is coming up I'm a big sportsman my, myself. Uh, I wrote what I call, what I appropriately titled, Sports for Non-Sports Ballers. Sweet. So I have six questions. I have six questions in the realm of sports and professional sports, but I, I understand the audience I'm talking to, so <laughs> I think you guys have a chance. For my round, like I said, sports for non-sports ballers. So get ready. It is. It all comes down to this. I am out of iced coffee and I'm starting to worry. <laughs> it's the fourth quarter. That's you know what? Bring it. Bring it. That's fine. Stu, we you got to play a north south game, Stu. Stay on your toes. North south. I don't know deep. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one. This one's a bit of a long one. Gaylord Perry was a great pitcher for the San Francisco Giants, but was such a bad batter. His own manager said they'll put a man on the moon before he hits a home run. Funny enough, literally minutes after Neil Armstrong became the first person to step on the moon at 317 p.m. Eastern time, Perry hit his first career home run. What day did this magnificent feat occur? I'll give you two points for the date. I'll give you one point for the year. Yes, 1969. On 
July 20th, 1969, Gaylord Perry, the worst batter in the league, hit his first home run. They literally put a man on the moon before that happened. <laughs> See, sports knowledge. You guys know more than you think. Something like that. Is this like a trying to trick us into watching sports all the time so you can ask more sports questions? Eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question number two. The Los Angeles Lakers name doesn't really mean much in L.A. considering the city has very few natural lakes. But it does make a lot more sense if you know this state that they originally came from in the 1960s. is Minnesota. The original Minnesota Lakers before moving to L.A. in 1960. All right, question number three. Fans of the Detroit Red Wings hockey team are notorious for throwing what onto the ice in the playoffs, Rachel? Rachel. Fish. Not fish. Am I? Did I get the wrong team? Uh, you did. I think you're thinking Darn of catfish it. and the Nashville Predators. Uh, but the Red Wings are notorious for throwing what onto the ice during the playoffs that is symbolic for the number of games needed to win back when the Stanley Cup uh, in 1952, back when the Stanley Cup only needed a team to win two best of seven series, not a hat. You are thinking of a hat trick. Stew? Stew. Gloves? Not gloves. I feel like I, I like should it. get extra points for being able to pull that from the Predators. Like I said, this is uh, happened, started back in 1952, I believe, by a um, kind of a father and son market uh store and it was symbolic for the number of games needed to win the stanley cup back in 1952 when a team only needed to win two best of seven series any other guess <laughs> <laughs> well my math is wrong <laughs> any guesses all right i'm gonna call it so a best of seven series, you would need four games to win the best of seven. So at the time, current, today and for most of recent Stanley Cup history, you need to win four. Back then, you only needed to win a total of eight games. So the iconic eight so would be an octopus. Oh. I'm so confused by that. I'm so confused. So like best of seven and you Two only have to win eight seven. games. Two and rounds so of best throw- of seven, you have to win eight games. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I thought you had said you had to win two out of the best of seven, and so no. I was really confused. Two best of seven series, so eight wins. So the octopus back in Detroit, of all cities, uh, was and still is iconic in the playoffs for being thrown out onto the ice. Uh, there are also, it gets worse. Uh, like Rachel mentioned in Nashville, they throw catfish onto the ice, although that's a recent trend since Nashville Predators are a fairly new team, but there were over the past couple of years, you'll see catfish thrown out onto the ice and, uh, even worse, the Florida Panthers, um, they throw Panthers on the ice. <laughs> uh, no, they throw rats, <laughs> hopefully plastic th- rats. Oh, Okay. But they throw rats onto the ice. Supposedly, the story goes that a backup goaltender who is out in the uh, kind of the hallway area (laughs) uh, found a rat run by and he hit it with his stick and knocked it into the ice or onto the (laughs) ice. (laughs) So the trend started. All right. No points there. weird. 
Hockey is so weird, but it's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number four. Most believe that baseball fields have their home plate facing west so that the setting sun doesn't shine into batter's eyes. This eventually gave left-handed pitchers what common name? Stu? Stu. Left-handed pitchers. Yes. Oh, wait, no, that's a boxing term. Um, Southpaw, yeah. Uh, it is Southpaw. Sweet. I thought that was a <laughs> boxing term. I mean, it can be for anything and most typically left-handed stuff, but the theory is that it came from uh, baseball fields and the left-handed baseball pitchers, oh. their hands were facing south. Right. I always, oh, that makes sense then. Like, I always knew it as a boxing term of, like, you're a left-handed boxer, you're a southpaw. You can be a southpaw pitcher, a southpaw video game player. We're not trying to discriminate against uh, left-handed people here. You can be anything you (laughs) want to be as a southpaw. So, yeah, two points to Stu. It took some doing, but I'm going to give it. I technically guessed correct. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to trust you knew it. Technically correct is the best kind of correct. <laughs> Thank you. It's the best. That is the best Futurama quote. <laughs> All right. Question number five. Basketball was first created when a YMCA director nailed up what kind of baskets to both ends of the gym for kids to throw a soccer ball Stu. into back in the okay. early 1900s. I think Stu got there first. And I heard a bunch of farm noises. Of people. <laughs> I said my name, but if that sounds like a farm noise to you, I'll just, I'll just go. Oh. <laughs> Still. Uh, was it laundry baskets? Uh, not laundry baskets. Yes, it is peach baskets. Oh. Was that your guess, Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. Peach baskets. And I had to do some other research because I remember reading this as a kid. Like I said, I've you know been in sports for a while and I remember reading a basketball book at the library and thought it used to be called peach ball but i did not get any reference to that but there was the peach baskets um basically up in massachusetts a summer camp a summer camp director uh kind of started a new game they were trying to figure something out and put up peach baskets eventually removed the bottoms then that turned into steel buckets that with nets and it was only up until like the 1920s did they actually cut the bottoms of the nets out <laughs> so the basketball could come through Fall the hoop. through huh. but yeah this is question number six the last question of the round this is going to be uh, a little bit different so i'm going to give you uh three options and you don't have to write it down but i trust that you lock in an answer and then we'll go through them Uh, So I'm going to give you the questions and then you kind of lock in an answer in your head. Uh, Which is faster? The world's fastest baseball pitch, the world's fastest tennis serve, or the world's fastest hockey slap shot? (laughs) World's fastest baseball pitch, world's fastest tennis serve, and world's fastest hockey slap shot. Okay, Stu? Tennis. Rachel? Well, I wasn't planning this, but let's round it out and I'll say baseball. You're supposed to lock in an answer in your head. Well, I, I said I didn't. Pl- I didn't plan it to like to be like around them. I had already locked in an answer. It just kind of fit. How we gotcha. Three different gotcha. Well, if you remember from a previous episode, the world's fastest baseball pitch 
was 105.1 miles an hour. The fastest hockey slap shot is 110.3. And the fastest tennis serve is 163.7 miles an hour. (laughs) New year, new new stew, new winner. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so excited. Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> welcome, welcome back to uh, Studio's Math on the podcast. Oh, where the score is infinity to negative pi. I could have sworn that I. Uh, <laughs> holy shit! I got a slight taste of victory, and I got way too excited. And then you created it up. <laughs> Lost by one point because he didn't know the year the man went on the moon. Yeah. Or maybe more importantly, the year that Gaylord Perry, who I've never heard of, hit a home run. That is definitely more. Can you call yourself a sports fan? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is the end of the game. All resolutions and point disputes put to bed. what the bitter taste of defeat looks like (laughs) you know what no no this is to me this is still a win uh i got i got further i got further than i've ever gotten um in you've made it to a tiebreaker i uh, you made it to the world's first tiebreaker we had this is the only so far but this is the highest scoring round i believe i've ever had maybe not but in a long time it has been what is it? Eleven episodes since the tiebreaker? Something probably. So I'm I'm okay with it. Well, if it helps, it's a consolation because to you you won, but to the rest of us, you lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would graciously like to give you the opportunity to give your pick first, uh, as we do every episode. Now we a uh, couple people from the team uh, each give a pick for a movie, a game, an experience, anything like that. Uh, so, Stu, if you would graciously accept your consolation prize. I will. Um, so my pick is, uh, it's actually an anime, uh, and it is the anime Black Clover. Uh, it gets a lot of hate in the anime community uh, for various reasons. Uh, it is, it's a really good anime. You have to get past the first 10 episodes or so, um, and then it gets really good. Uh, something about it just kind of clicks, and it is fantastic. Uh, you can catch it on Hulu or Funimation uh, is the better one, and I definitely prefer the dub over the sub because Asta, the main character, uh, yells much less um, in the first ten episodes <laughs> than the sub. So catch that on Hulu or Funimation. It's fantastic. Uh, you get really invested with the team and with the characters, and it's. So what's the premise? Yeah, I guess. Yes. What's the the hate on it? So the hate on it is that the main character like is very screamy uh, in the first 10 episodes, especially if you watch the sub uh, and then he calms down and it's not even a plot point. They just took feedback and were like, yeah, that doesn't work for the character. Hmm. But the whole premise is everybody in the world can use magic. And uh, this one orphan boy can't. Uh, And he wants to basically become a huge position of authority in the world, uh, but it only goes to magic users or has so far only gone to magic users. And so he 
tries to push himself and pushes boundaries and limits uh, to become basically the best uh, fighter uh, in the world, even though he can't use magic when everybody else can. And I will go ahead and support this one. This Thank is you. one of the animes that I follow. Hell yes. I love this anime. It is very, very good. Um, and this is one that I have actually only been slow- following slowly because I don't recall. Stu, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that Hulu is only subbed. Hulu might only be subbed, yeah. I, and I believe that's why I've been very slow on this one, because this one is subbed on Hulu, I believe. I, yes, I, I actually I think that's the case. I watched the first 10 episodes on Hulu uh, on the sub, and then I was like, I like the show, and I didn't mind the screamingness so much, uh, and I wasn't aware of the hatred on it at that point. Um, but then I switched over and got a VRV account, but then VRV has then such lost Funimation as one of its clients. So uh. Funim- Funimation has its own app. It's much cheaper uh, than VRV. And I bought that, um, which is like four bucks monthly rather than 10. And I watch it on there. Um, and I can't recommend it enough. Uh, if you like My Hero Academia, if you like any sort of shonen uh, jump shows, that is definitely one of the ones that you need to be watching. Uh, it used to be on Crunchyroll um, because Crunchyroll is a part of VRV. I would check again, um, but I don't think it's on Crunchyroll anymore. Um, dude, I, I... If you guys watch anything like Fairy Tale, that's where I came from. Oh, so I fairy, came tale from fairy Tale. Ne- fairy Tale is next on my list, actually, uh, since I'm one of my favorites. things. If, if the screaming didn't bother you in this one, then it probably won't bother you in Fairy Tale, which is why I didn't even take note of it. Okay, excellent. So, <laughs> excellent. I come from a background of uh, little shows called Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Hell yeah! A little yeah. more anything that's, anything that's tied into a trading card game. <laughs> yeah. No, those were excellent shows. I'm admittedly very far behind on my anime watching, but there are a couple of good ones. I, I do remember really loving at least the first half of Death Note. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I know it doesn't count, but I, I love Avatar and Korra. Oh, so. dude, Avatar is like I cannot. I don't think I have a single bad thing about to say or say about Avatar, really. Um, no, just I, I assume it's not very much considered proper anime <laughs> i guess not yeah uh people consider it a kid's cartoon or whatever but no that show is amazing yeah so uh in conclusion yeah go check out black clover <laughs> if you like any sort of anime um you know if you don't feel like black clover is for you check out my hero academia uh you know it's another one that's you know very good and a little bit more uh generally accepted and generally relatable to well, if uh, you have a pick of your own that you think listeners would enjoy, or if you have a trivia topic idea, uh, you should email them into us at things I got wrong at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find our website at things I got wrong.com to check out past episodes, show notes, and more. Our next episode will be released on March 15th. So stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks again, guys. It was really fun. Uh, always fun round robin rounds. Yeah, that was awesome. I almost won. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) So close. The next one will be for sure. It's got to happen. Until then, we'll see you guys later. Thanks. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs)